I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. The lifestyle is so interesting because it has such an array of different people, personalities, value systems. It really is a microcosm of the world at large, which is both a beautiful thing as well as a very confusing thing when you're trying to navigate it and find partners and experiences that make sense for you. We're going to talk about our personal experiences with just that today. But before we get there, I have a sex in the news that I am fascinated by that I talk a lot about because I'm very passionate about it, which is lube and the quality of lube, the ingredients that should or should not be in lubricant, and also new studies that support the idea that you should not be putting certain things in your body. So this article from Kinkley is talking about glycerin levels in lubricant, which glycerin has gotten a lot of publicity lately because it is in one of the most used and purchased lubes out there. I'm not going to say the brand, but if you've ever been to Target or Walmart in the condom section or the tampon section, I'm telling you, you have seen this lubricant. We actually have talked about this on a recent bonus episode of of our other show, Front Porch Swingers, and it's scary when you look at the ingredient list and how much glycerin is in said lubricant, and the main issue with this is that things cannot dissolve when you have a huge glycerin level, and as a result of that, when you're having sex with someone, there are all sorts of bacteria and other things that are going to be trapped, basically, inside of the lubricant. Of course, it can be horrible for you, and on top of that, it can be cancerous causing. I think what's really scary is how little knowledge people have about this subject. Like they have no earthly idea what they're putting in in or on their genitalia, let's say. People are so much more concerned about what they're eating and what they're putting in their body as opposed to, you know, what you're using for uh, sexual or recreational play. That's a huge concern and no one really seems to be paying too much attention to it. Yeah, I think a lot of companies, especially companies that are wellness-minded, there are a lot of really great lube companies out there, a lot of great condom companies, and they're trying to combat a lot of the cheaper options out there and they are always cheaper. I mean, the reality is if, if you're buying some Something that is cheap to put inside of your body, there's probably a reason that it's cheap. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously these wellness companies are charging more, but they're also being very transparent about the ingredients that are in their lubricants and other sexual wellness products. And they're telling you why that matters. And I think people need to be a lot more thoughtful about it when they are making that purchase. I mean, the difference in lube, two to three extra dollars to make sure you're not putting dangerous levels of glycerin in your body. I mean, come on, why would we not? Yeah, there are plenty of places to cut back. There are plenty of places to buy the discount stuff, right? right. I, I don't think something like lube, which is literally going to be to some degree either on you topically or inserted into you, is a place to do that. It's like laser eye surgery, right? I, I don't want the discount. You know, you get do one eye, get the other eye free. I'm not going to that doctor. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not that's not a guy I'm going to. So yeah, I think you really need to consider where you're saving what, what what are you saving really you know I, I always say that with cheap orange juice i hate cheap orange juice so much it's disgusting like the off brand store brand one it tastes like chalk it has this weird aftertaste your mouth feels like it's coated in something afterwards if you just paid the two extra dollars for the minute made you'd be golden yeah same thing with lube yeah listen some people don't care about that stuff but you know like i said 
a lot of people, many people, most people are far more concerned with like orange juice or whatever they're putting in their bodies being organic and healthy and farm to table. Okay, me too. Absolutely. But maybe throw some consideration toward the lube that you're using as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this obviously extends to which the article talks about a link. It's from Kinkley. The article also talks about cheap vibrators, cheap dildos. Oh, yeah. The amount of chemicals that are in some of these products. It's really interesting, actually, when you look at the super cheapo dildos from China that you can buy for like $12. If you look at the ingredient list at the end of it, or if you look at the the packaging that it's in, when you look at the very bottom and it starts giving you kind of the warnings, it's tells you it's for novelty use, which means you're not supposed to actually be sticking it inside of yourself. I don't know what that means. Are you just supposed to put it on your dresser? It's a massager. It's a paperweight? I have no idea. But at that point, you're not supposed to be putting it inside of yourself. And yet people are buying it because they go, well, $12 versus $40. That's a pretty big difference. I'm going to obviously go with the $12 one, despite the fact that it's not even meant to be put inside of me. Yeah, it's not that big a deal after you've gotten an infection of some kind. (laughs) You're going to be sorry you didn't spend the extra $28. And usually it's not even an infection. Usually it's kind of like a burning sensation. And what's really bad is when you start using cheap lubes with cheap dildos, all of a sudden you're on fire down there and you have no idea why. It's because there's literally a chemical reaction happening inside of your body while you're using the product. Yeah. And just FYI for anyone who doesn't know, that burning sensation, that means something bad is happening. (laughs) Right. That's that's never a good (laughs) Just throwing it out there. It's not like, wow, this experience is so hot, I'm on fire. That's not what's happening. It's just not, you know? Solid point. Yeah, it's so hot. Sure is. Sure is. Because you're on fire from all the chemicals that you've just put inside yourself. So crazy. Yeah, and I think what's even more scary is the idea that nobody's out there telling us, like, we shouldn't be purchasing these products. Like, we have a governing body who should be telling us which products are safe and which products are not, allowing certain products to be purchased and others to not be purchased. And that's not really happening in the sexual wellness space. It's kind of a free-for-all. There is a, a board that makes those decisions, but it doesn't seem to be logical based on the products that are still allowed to be sold on the market. No, because I really don't think that enough people, even in these in these positions uh, of like the board positions, are really earnestly concerned or taking seriously people's sexual health. I just don't think that's happening enough yet. I think the loophole is the novelty piece, like toys sure. being able to be sold as novelty, but. When it's clearly for the purposes of sexual use, I think that allowing that to happen still, even with that little asterisk at the bottom that says for novelty use, is incredibly irresponsible and it shouldn't be happening. But until that changes, we as consumers need to educate ourselves and be aware of the things that we're putting inside of our body, like you said, just as much as we would with food or drink or you know any of the... Uh, multivitamins people read their multivitamin list well lotion you put body lotion on you use shampoo you use conditioner people are using those things and they're far more diligent about what it is that's in them i think shampoo is actually a great example of a product that people don't do that with they should i mean you absolutely should just as much as you should lube but that's another product that has so many harmful items ingredients in it that people are just paying zero attention to i mean when especially when you look at the ingredient list on something like that much like lube 
the words make no sense. They're freaking 14 letters long and you have no idea what they are. You're not taking the time to Google them. So you just, yeah, they probably have my best interest at heart. I'm going to get it. No, no, they do not. Companies do not care about your wellness. No, and much like food, if you can't identify the ingredients, if you don't know what the words mean, don't use it. Right. Just don't use it. Absolutely. Same thing with lube. So this is a great article. I'll link it for you guys so you can learn a little bit more about glycerin and about the studies that have been done in terms of the viscosity of it, why that's an issue, and also the specific chemicals that can be found in glycerin. Yeah, for sure. So we want to talk about a topic today that I think is interesting and I think can go in a lot of different directions. And, and probably our hope, will go in a lot of different directions. I am sure directions. it will. In fact, we were kind of discussing it before we got on the mics today and it has already gone in 12 different directions. And I actually think that makes perfect sense given the topic because it's complex and it's something that you can be in the lifestyle for a decade and still be questioning or still trip up over. And, you know, I mean, we haven't been in the, the lifestyle for a decade, but we certainly are still kind of trying to find our way with it. We have a decade's worth of experience at this point. Point. That's for sure. <laughs> Are you saying we have sex a lot, or well, well, <laughs> we're a high mileage couple, as some people would say? <laughs> no, it's not just. Well, there is some of that to be true for sure, but also with the number of opportunities that we've had to speak with different people in different arenas and and all the information that we've had the opportunity to access and share with people. Yeah, I mean, we we have an inordinate amount of information to offer. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes, we do. Basically, what we wanted to discuss is. Finding the right value system in other people and how that differs from preferences and also just in general how you ensure that you're interacting with people that are going to be not only compatible with you, but that are going to bring about mutually beneficial experiences. Yeah. And to be clear, there are a lot of folks in the space and and I want to I want to just lay this out there. The swinger centric space is one is unfortunately one for me that I, I struggle with because the truth of the matter is a lot of the values that are placed in that space, I don't agree with. Right. And, and I have a difficult time understanding a lot of them. And I have even a, a, I have a much more difficult time understanding the people a lot of times in that space that, that don't quite align in terms of values, which is why I, I tend to shy away from it. You know, I don't, we, you and I don't really immerse ourselves in the absolute core swinger centric space a lot. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because, and I also think you should talk about your past and how that kind of maybe dictates some of this for you. Probably, probably should. So for me, when I say core, it's like there's a lot of folks in this space that enjoy that, you know, the one-off kind of concept. They're going to meet someone, they're going to meet a couple, and it's really simply for the physical gratification in that moment and very little matters outside of the the obvious attraction, right? Sure. That's really what the broad stroke of what they're looking to do. And I totally get that because for the majority of my life, that is how I functioned. Yeah. that That's what I did. I had a lot of interactions with a lot of people, a lot of sexual partners, and the basis of it was a physical attraction. I gave zero shits about someone's values or what they were really all about as a person. Very little. I gave very little care to that. As I've gotten older, that has changed drastically, particularly in this lifestyle. Well, let's talk about that. Like, how did you used to meet people and why was the sexual gratification important or more important than what the person was like for you back then? Well, first of all, I, my background was unique in that I worked and lived in the space of sexuality in adult entertainment. Sex for me was easy. 
I was asked once by a professional in terms of sex what my interpretation of sex was. And I said, well, it's easy. Because it was. Sex for me was as simple as finding a cup of coffee in the morning. Very literally. Yeah. And so I never really gave it any, any serious credence. I never put any real thought into why I was doing it or what was important to me or it, does this partner make sense for me personally. Didn't It just didn't matter. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, that entire value system has changed for me, particularly because of our relationship. When you and I first got together, it really changed how I perceived relationships for sure because I was completely convinced up until the time you and I met that I was incapable of having a real, valuable, meaningful relationship. So I wasn't concerned. I never I never had that concern because I've had so many failed relationships prior. I thought, well, this is my destiny. You yeah. know, I'm not this is just what it's gonna be. So it's not meant for everyone. Yeah. No, no, no. Clearly I'm not that guy. So that that in and of itself was a giant transition for me. But then of course you and I get into a uh, into the lifestyle. And then you now, of course, you have to have a completely different set of values and a different way to process information because there's someone else and other people at stake. Well, but I want to dissect that a little bit because I think it would have been very easy for you once we got into the lifestyle to fall into some of those old behaviors in terms of just looking at, at sex as sex and having it come easy to you because the reality is you're an attractive man. We have a lot of options out there. You could have sex every single night of the week if yeah, you want. Jury's still out on that. So <laughs> my point is it could be as easy for you in this lifestyle as it was in your past life if you're value system and your thoughts on the lifestyle were different. It could be, but that's not the only reason I think it isn't it, it, that it's very different. So again, I go back to our relationship. Prior to our relationship and prior to how we connected and, and how we really became a unit, essentially, a, a, this kind of communicative, trusting unit, I wasn't concerned about how my behavior would have affected my partner, for example, at the time, because it truly didn't matter to me. It was irrelevant to me whether or not someone was happy about my behavior. I, I didn't make it a priority. I honestly didn't, and which is why most or all of my relationships failed, because it was predominantly my fault because I didn't care enough. No question about it. However, when you and I got together, I instantly decided that, particularly when we, we decided we were going to be in the lifestyle, I thought, well, her needs have to come before mine. I cannot put myself first because I've done that my entire life and it was a disaster. Right. So this has got to, something has to change, right? It's one of those things. It's like, well, if, if you constantly have these problems and you're interacting with different people, well, maybe you're the problem. Yeah. You know, and certainly I had to I had to come to grips with that. And I think I had even before you and I met, which is why I made a lot of the decisions I did, which brought you and I together for that matter. So when it came to us getting in the lifestyle and really making that decision, I thought, okay, first and foremost, my partner and the people with whom we will interact with, their feelings, their needs have got to supersede mine, or I am going to be a failure at this, much like I was all my relationships. So that instantly changed for me. That was the very first thing. I knew instinctively that you had to be happy 
in order for me to be happy. And that was really a first for me. I think something else, though, that you've mentioned to me in the past, and I think it makes perfect sense given kind of your personal evolution with how you view sex, is because of our relationship and because of the power we've seen that sex can have in our relationship, right? Whether it's with each other or with other people, the power of it bringing us closer together and making us feel like more of a unit, more of a team, all of those things has had you placing a higher value on sex in general. Like, sex to you is no longer just the movement and getting off. It's something that means something. Yeah, and you and I had this conversation once again just before we started recording, and the truth is, as I told you, 25 years ago, you personally would not have recognized me. First of all, you wouldn't have been old enough to recognize me. (laughs) Second of all, people who knew me 25 years ago would not recognize me today, many of them. Now, my, my true friends obviously know who I am and my family, but people who I interacted with in those days certainly would not recognize the person I am today. Frankly, I don't always recognize myself, which is a little frightening at times. And because of how I kind of viewed sex back then in my in my former life, let's call it before my uh, you and I became uh, a couple, particularly, now it's almost the polar opposite. And I think that's because I gave such little thought to it and such little consideration to how my my behavior affected other people and myself. I did myself no favors either, by the way, just to make that clear. I did absolutely have some amazing experiences. My, my former life was one that very few people will ever have the ability to experience or enjoy for sure. But there were a lot of mistakes made along the way. And I certainly, while I, I'm not sorry for the mistakes I made because it's made me who I am, I probably would have thought for a second, well, maybe not the best decision. Maybe maybe, maybe don't pump the brakes. Yeah, let's, I've heard some stories yeah. that definitely reinforce that. Yeah, let's maybe not do that. That's, that's probably not an awesome idea. <laughs> However, it did get me to the point that I am now, and I'm a completely different person when it, as it pertains to viewing sex and, and relationships and interactions with people that are meaningful. And so it's a, it's a struggle for me. It's an internal struggle. I find myself questioning everything that I do in terms of how I interact with people. And I don't even recognize myself most of the time when we are in a situation where like we're in an event or we're at a resort and we're talking to a couple or an individual. And the last thing on my mind is being physical with that person because I am so focused on, is there a connection? Is there a value in this for you and I as a couple? Will you benefit from this? Will they benefit from this? I am truly the last person I think about in that moment. Totally opposite of how I would think, again, many years ago. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's cool. I also think that sometimes it limits you getting what you want and need out of the lifestyle, but... It does. For sure it does. Yeah, I I definitely, uh, there's definitely a, you know, a boundary there for me that I have to, I've got to get over because I... I do absolutely 100% put my partner at, in that in a sexual situation first, for sure, always do. And then, of course, I'm thinking about you and your needs, and my head gets really kind of convoluted. I get in my own my own head a little bit too much, I think. And I think we should go back to something that you said previously, which is that there are a lot of couples in the lifestyle, a lot of people in the lifestyle in general, I should say, that do not think that way. It is very much about the instant gratification. It is about having these hot experiences and then going your separate ways. And I think the fact that you specifically have had the experiences that you've had in the past and and coming through this evolution, I mean, like you said, you've lived a life that most people will never even dream of living. And so I think that that's part of why there are couples out there that do want to have those one-offs. They want to have the one-night stands. They want to have 
in some ways a bite of the experiences you've had in the past. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is very much opposite of our values and the way that we look at the lifestyle. And something else that you said is that we kind of struggle with the swinger-centric space as a result of that. I do, for sure. In fact, I would go so far as to say, not that we don't identify as swingers, but more so that we look at the future of the non-monogamous space and we want to be a part of that versus the old guard of the lifestyle. We don't want to be those people that just walk into a room, fuck people, and leave. I can't be that person. And the truth is, largely because of how I behaved and what my life was like. And, and again, I want to make clear, when I say that I've lived a life that most people cannot wrap their heads around from a sexual and professional perspective, that's 100% true. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that think, well, man, I've had a lot of sex. You haven't. I promise you, trust me when I tell you. I mean, you, they probably have had a lot of sex, just not relative to you. <laughs> yeah, listen, believe me when I tell you, uh, next level kind of shit. And, and, and I'm not proud of a lot of it most certainly, especially now at this age, because I look back on that and I think, man, what what a wasted time and energy, what could I have done that would have been better for me had I you know, focused that energy somewhere else kind of thing? And that's, lar- in my opinion, the largest reason I am why I am now in this space with you. The value system, the preference system for me, what is it going to do for us concept is, is overwhelming a lot of times because it's the absolute polar opposite of how I used to behave. And my fear, I think, innately is that I do not want to ever revert back to that. That's what keeps me not frozen, but certainly overly cautious when it comes to our interacting with people. You know, And I know that that's sometimes because our friends have told us. Once, obviously, they've become our friends. And and that's the other thing. The folks that we interact with in this space that are our friends, and we have a lot of them. Some of them we've only met a few times, but we have been corresponding with them for years. They tell me, it's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you seem a little off. You don't seem like you're fully engaged in the room. And the truth is, I'm super engaged. I'm hyper engaged to the point that I take myself out of the experience of it being fun and I'm super focused on other things but I am absolutely engaged and I, I know I get that glassy look on in my on my face like I'm not paying attention but I am and I have to try to balance that that's the biggest thing for me I can understand that I think we should talk about some of the specific values versus preferences and some of the things we've kind of learned along the way with that. We sure have. There's a lot of them. So I think the biggest thing for me is I went into the lifestyle, once again, having zero experience with it and really just, you know, experiencing it with you, bouncing ideas off of you. But we went into it with the idea of having one-offs, mostly with me being with single men. Right. And also having zero conversation about the types of people that we wanted to be interacting with the types of initially men and were they good people did they have good character do their overall values align with mine i mean to the point that one of the the values that i hold most dear to me in the lifestyle is condom usage because i feel like it's my way of really not only mitigating the risk but kind of taking control of a situation and ensuring that i'm putting myself first and we didn't even think of those types of things i was using condoms but that wasn't a part of our vetting system it wasn't it was something that would happen in the moment hey can you put a condom on So I think that we have come so far from that. Now it's like almost completely polar opposite. I find myself corresponding with people. And if they say things that make me go, I'm not sure you're the... 
I don't want to say a good person because I'm not the, I shouldn't be the determining factor of whether someone is a good person or a bad person. More so, do I deem you to be a good person based on my personal value system? That has become incredibly important to me, even if it is only going to be a sexual scenario. Well, let's back up a minute because when we started out, and of course we started as a hot wife couple, and yes, you are correct, the idea that we were going to you were going to interact with single men and those were going to be one us. We didn't want to, quote unquote, become friends with the single folks. We did, however, want to become friends with the couples. We thought that was kind of the way we were going to go. Where did that line of thinking come from for, for me? It's real simple because that's how I lived for so many years, right? right? I was a single guy having one-offs, and I thought, well, these guys aren't going to be friends. They're not going to want to hang out. Like, what? why the, would they want to do that? I wouldn't have wanted to do that. <laughs> and as it turns out, later on, now years later, the people that we have some of the closest relationships to in this space who are our lifelong friends are single people, most of whom you were played, played with. They were your play partners. I mean, you talk about an evolution, right? And a completely different mindset. That's a real, like, juxtaposition for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think back to times later on in our hot wifing journey where I would sit down with somebody and they would say something that I that made me realize they were in complete misalignment with my values and I would realize that that made me less sexually interested in them. And I always think about you in those moments because you've always said like you have to like the person, you have to genuinely feel a connection with them. And I've I, I've Personally, I've always kind of hoped I couldn't, I didn't have to be that person. I, I hoped that I could go into sexual scenarios and just be like, well, he's hot. Let's have sex. Yeah. And I've, I've realized more and more that that is simply not the case. You know, I think back to a very specific time. We've talked about it before where I was sitting down with a gentleman when we were still in Montana and he started saying incredibly homophobic things and started talking badly about sex workers and women that have only fans. And it's like, okay, not only are you personally attacking me without you knowing it, but you're also just so far removed from what I think makes a person a good person. Yeah that I can't possibly get naked with you now. And it really is interesting how that works because I'm not sure that everyone, in fact, I know not everyone feels that way in the lifestyle. I think that there would be a lot of people who even if they are with a pansexual man and themselves bisexual and had an OnlyFans and sat down with an attractive guy, they could get past all of that and focus on, well, but he's really attractive and he's already showed me his member and that's nice too so let's go have sex i think it's more than that honestly particularly in once again the core the swinger centric space you took the time to get to know him we do that right we want to know who people are we want to know that there are some value connections there that are our preferences obviously are aligned that we can have a conversation over a drink with our clothes on there are a lot of people in this space that would never know that he was a homophobe, that would never know he was anti-sex work, that would never have any of that information because it's not important in the scheme of things, right? We're at a resort, we're at a club, you're hot, let's go have sex. And I understand that that's a defense mechanism for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to know those things for the same reason that you and I wouldn't play with those people. Right, because if it came out, it would be an issue. And what happens? It ruins their experience, it ruins the opportunity, right? I get why people do that because a lot of folks aren't like us. They don't have the opportunity to go to a club or a resort or a party or whatever anytime they want. They've got kids. They got responsibilities. They got to get a sitter. They got to go out of town. They got to get a hotel room. It's two nights away or whatever it is. So they maximize that time. We see it. We hear from people about all the time that have to do that. 
I sympathize. I get it. You're in a situation where you want to be involved in a particular activity, but you have restrictions as to how you can do it. So if you don't skew the rules a little bit, you're not going to have these experiences. Or put blinders on more specifically, I think. Yeah, you just you, basically you're going to turn off the value system. You're going to turn off things that in your normative life would deter you from being intera- from interacting with a certain person or certain people. I totally get that. It's a it's a sexual thing. It's a euphoric thing. I trust me when I tell you, I got the one-off concept. However, for us, for me personally, I have a difficult time if I can't connect with you on a social level, if I can't connect with you on a cerebral level, if there is not something that makes me want to spend naked time with you genuinely, I I can't go forward. And I know that I have, I don't know that I've ruined necessarily, but I have certainly put a damper on some experiences that you and I may have possibly had because I was simply not in alignment with the person that I was chatting with, but you kind of were with the other person. And you could see the look on my face like, this is not going to happen. This I'm, <laughs> I'm out on this already. The, my eyes are rolling back so hard you can hear them. Like, I'm done. I'm checked out. I'm only doing this to be polite and courteous, but there's no way I'm getting naked with this person. Yeah, okay. Devil's advocate, I think that you do that way too quickly. I, I do. I think that you make snap decisions and yep. snap judgments about so- who somebody is. You have done it with people that we then went on to have a lot of fun with. Yep, people who are now our friends. Absolutely. Well, listen, I keep going back to it. It is my past. My past haunts me. A lot of people's past haunt them. There was very rarely a situation in my past, in my past professional life, certainly, where I would be in an environment where I was surrounded by a lot of people where I felt 100% comfortable enough in that moment to interact with someone on that level. That was not how I operated. So for me, my entire adult life was not predicated on having a good time in a club atmosphere or at a resort. That's not what it was, right? So now I have to take myself out of that mindset and put myself in one that would allow me to relax and enjoy the moment and not be concerned about what might or might not happen. Very difficult for me. And I had to judge people harshly, quickly. I had no time to vet in those days. So now I do, but I don't realize it in the moment, right? It's hours later after you and I are back home or back at the room or wherever. And it's like, shit, I really had an opportunity there and I blew it because I didn't give that person a chance. Right. You know, I instinctively picked up on something that I didn't like or that I didn't think was alignment in alignment with me and went, nope, I'm out and just walk away. It's kind of counterintuitive to the values that you say you place in the lifestyle. Like you want to connect with someone, you want to feel chemistry. Yeah. And sometimes you don't allow connection and chemistry to even form. No, I no, no, no. I am... You rarely get a second chance with me. I know people, it's always, oh, there are no second chances. I am an advocate of that on the highest level. I rarely give someone a second chance, right? However, the lifestyle is one of second chances. Some People cancel all the time. Life comes up. Shit happens. And when we first started out, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This person's 10 minutes late. I'm out, right? Well, there's traffic. Everything can, anything and everything can possibly happen in normative life. So when someone's trying to meet you or, you know, it's not always an an attack. It's not always a disrespectful thing. That's just the way I was taking it. It was also a defense mechanism. It was an easy way for me to get out of having to interact with this person. Right. That's what it was, right? (laughs) It's really no more complicated than that because I didn't want to put myself in a situation that I was uncomfortable in. Right. And I, I would do that a lot. And I 
absolutely am trying and have been for a measurable period of time now not to do that. And it's worked out. Every time that I have gone back and said, you know what? I'm going to give this a second shot. It's been a success. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about different scenarios where the values conversation means more or less. And the reason I want to do this is because I think, in my opinion, because of the evolution of us and our non-monogamous journey, we're kind of coming to this point where we're going to be operating, at least I am going to be operating in kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. So I just had my first playroom experience, which we talked about on our other podcast from Porch Swingers. If you guys haven't heard it, it's fun and sexy and you totally should. And I thought during that interaction that it might be fun to play with someone completely randomly in that environment. I was very much kind of drawn to that. And I'm, I don't want to block myself off from that no of course if i want if i'm in that environment and i want to do it i want to just be able to do it the other opposite end of the spectrum is we've also talked about becoming polyamorous and getting into actual relationships romantic relationships with other people right so when you think about it like that it's like we have every end of the spectrum covered and everything in between in terms of our interests and our desire within the non-monogamous space so how do values fit in to all of those different spaces? I think they all have room for the space that you and I are in, for sure, because we don't classify ourselves, we don't put ourselves in a box at this point. There's, as you pointed out, so many different ways in which we are wanting to experience sex, relationships, passion, love, all those things. We couldn't possibly categorize ourselves. There is no category for what you and I are are going through internally as a couple, right? And what we're looking for. Sure. So I go back to, for you, right? Let's take your your situation, the one you just had, where you were actually in a playroom with a friend, someone who was very close to us at this point, but you were so in the moment, you were basically prepared to have sex with someone else that was in that room. Of course, all safety measures taken, but this was someone that you didn't know. This was an attractive person right there next to you with another partner, and that was a potentiality that you really considered. And I don't want, I really want to believe that my values or my mindset didn't keep you from doing that because I would never do that. I want you to experience everything that you possibly can and want to. I think that's impossible. How so? I think it's impossible for your values to not bleed into my decision making because not that I think you'd ever be upset with me for doing something, but your voice is always in the back of my head when I'm having an experience. Yeah, as is yours. So I I get why it would be difficult. But in that moment, you were already doing something that you and I would not ordinarily do. I certainly don't have that in me at this point. Right. But with a friend who we both trust. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I knew you would be comfortable with me exploring that. Yeah, I trust him implicitly and he's proven his 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 trust to me as a human being so i have absolutely no question about him and his values so yes in that moment i think it would have been really hot had you done that and if you would have told me that you did i'd have been 100 on board but that's because you wanted to do it and you were 100 percent dialed in and that was your focus i would have been fine with that i don't have that ability at this point i don't think i could have done that in a million years 25 year, years ago 15 years ago 10 years ago, I'd have been all over that. That would have been my jam. Not now. I don't have that in me now. For whatever reason, I am focused on other things having to do with sexuality and relationships, 
primarily because of our relationship and what it's done for me personally. So uh, it's a bit, you and I are in a little bit different places. And we talked about this. We're going to start to interact differently and separately in these environments as well for your benefit as well as mine. Yeah. And I think that should be part of the conversation as well. When our, our value systems or the things that we want to get out of the lifestyle don't necessarily align with each other. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing as long as we're both consenting to it, which we absolutely are. I think it also brings up another point though, which is that when your value system is left at the door specifically because you're seeking something out, which I think has also happened to us. Well, let us let me also say this. In the moment that we were referring to when you were in the playroom with our friend and had an opportunity to play with a stranger or another couple, actually, for that matter, you didn't know anything about those people other than the physical, right? right? Had you had that moment and taken the time to interact with them physically, it is likely that you would maybe not ever know anything about their value system or who they are or whatever, right? right? Which would have made the experience for you and for me, it would have just elevated the experience, right? right? Well, let me ask this. What would have happened had you played with those people? You guys left all together, went and sat down and had a drink with our friend and with this couple, and within a short period of time realized that none of your values aligned. Would you have regretted having played with them? Probably. See, that's that's why people in this space do exactly what you and I don't do. They don't get to know that shit about people because they don't want to ruin their experience. And if and I would say to you, have those experiences. You absolutely could have gone 100% full steam ahead and played with them, but for that reason, probably don't necessarily need to get to know them all that well right. because it's going to ruin that experience. And for you, and I know you, you would have gotten your own head and you would never have repeated that behavior. Probably not. Not a chance. The next time that opportunity came up, you'd have been like, er, put on the brakes, not happening, not doing it, you know? Yeah, so I know that that's what would have happened. And and I get why people do it. It's a safety mechanism. And to some degree, it's really intelligent. Because if you're going to a club, you're going to a resort, you're going to have sex, you want to have fun with your partner, you guys want to immerse yourselves in it. The last thing you want to do is lift the lid. Right. I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I just want to eat it. <laughs> right. Keep I, it I as uncomplicated as possible. Yeah, I don't want to see the process. I don't need to know that. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I totally get it. But for and for you, that would have been your downfall. Had you gotten to know someone in a situation like that who you did not align with, you would have run the other way. You would have came back and be like, oh, what a mistake. I cannot believe I did that. This is what this person thinks. It's like, I mean, it would have been a whole thing. You would have been in your head for a year over that. So in a situation like like that, I think it would have been really hot, but I do think that there, for you and I personally, there has to be a line drawn. And I hate the opportunity. You know how I feel about this. I hate when we miss out on an opportunity to become friends with a couple or a single person at this point. If we play with them or if we don't, if we think that there's some like-mindedness, we want to be friendly with them. We want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to meet you someplace on a vacation or at a club or at a resort or whatever. The idea that you would play with them and not be able to be friendly with them would really be disappointing for us. So it's important. However, you also got to be cognizant of the fact that that could blow up in your face. So basically what you're saying is that your values and the things that you deem important have different holds different weight in different scenarios. For me, 1,000%. Which I think also brings us to the poly thing. Absolutely, it does. Okay, do you want to talk about that? (laughs) Sure. You know, it's something that you and I feel very strongly about. I certainly do. I feel like that is where you and I 
end up, I think that our journey in ethical non-monogamy, I think you would agree, will culminate in a polyamorous dynamic of some kind. So yeah, the poly thing can be kind of an obstacle course for me. You know, I'm kind of all over the place. It's difficult. Right. But I I guess what I'm saying is in terms of values and in terms of understanding the people that are compatible with us and that make sense for us, obviously it goes without saying that a polyamorous relationship takes that and elevates it to a completely different level. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden it's not just, hey, I, I, ho- I don't want you to be a homophobe and I want you to be a decent person. It's I need you to align with me on the things that I deem important in my life. And that's going to extend beyond just basic, you know, human decency. Yeah. It, and we've listen, we've already learned it. I have certainly learned it. We have learned from an experience that the value system within a polyamorous dynamic absolutely supersedes any other concern. I think it supersedes connection. It do- it supersedes everything. Because short-term connection, it doesn't have to be based on value systems. No, you can develop that very quickly without knowing someone's values. Within a few hours, which I think has sure. happened to you in the past. I think yeah. that you've had these amazing connections with people. I think that you've been very excited to continue that level of connection with them. Yeah. And, and I've been guilty of this too, where that becomes more important than, is this somebody who actually fits into our lives? Yeah, well, instead of trying to, to force a round peg into a square hole, you've got to take a step back and look at it in its totality, which I was not awesome at doing to begin with. You know, it really did cost us some time and energy and, uh, you know, learning that process. But the truth is the value system placed on a relationship, and it's interesting because when you think about our relationship, that's primarily what drives us. It's it's driven us from day one, right? And then to to veer off, to start to cultivate a polyamorous relationship and not take the same values into consideration is almost, it's the most counterintuitive thing I could have done. Well, I think it, in my opinion, it's more important than even our relationship. It is far more important. Our relationship, of course, we have most of the same values, or I don't think we would have gotten to this point. But I think because our relationship is so amazing and because we're not you know, eager at this point to seek out another relationship. We're open to it. If it comes to us, that's great. We're going to accept it into our lives when it makes sense. But it's not as if we're scrounging around trying to find polyamorous relationships. And as a result of that, I know for me personally, I'm willing to wait until just the right person comes along. The person who has the same, not only, you know, beliefs about people in general, but same political values, the same thoughts on feminism, the same ideas about how the world should operate. I mean, all of those different things need to be in alignment with me in a future relationship or it doesn't make sense. Well, we have certainly learned, I have certainly learned how important those things are in another relationship. And yes, you're right. That relationship outside of ours, whether it's me and someone else or you and someone else or us and someone else, that relationship is important in terms of the values even more than ours, as you pointed out, because we already have the right relationship. It would be crazy of us to introduce another person into our lives in any capacity that isn't in full alignment with us. It would just be, it's just counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. Why pollute the water? We know what works, right? It's like anything else. And you and I do, we tend to get excited about something and just dive hip deep into it without giving a lot of thought to it up front, which is strange because you and I will analyze and dissect things at nauseam. We are still doing it about our lives right now. So to do that, 
in a relationship from a relationship perspective based on how important that is is crazy but we were so excited at the opportunity the prospect of this new adventure we just didn't even give it a whole lot of consideration to begin with and then of course what happens as information starts coming out as you start to put pen to paper and you outline okay these are our values these are this person's values and none of them line up you're like, wow, that was a real shit show. What were we thinking? You know, like that's a that was a terrible idea. But the truth is, like everything else that we do, it's a learning experience. So now are we going to take our really take our time and pull this apart? For sure. The truth is, anyone that we get involved with in a polyamorous situation, again, either you or me or both of us, that person's gonna have to be really unique because you talk about a vetting process. It's going to be something like no one's, you know, we have not seen yet or that we have not even put in place yet. Yeah. And I would hope that they would do the same with us because I think that that's important. I think, especially when you're talking about multiple personalities and multiple value systems and multiple past histories and all of these other things, it becomes infinitely more important that the compatibility is there. Right. And so I think I would certainly hope that whoever is coming into our lives is doing the exact same thing and thinking of it the same way. I don't think they'll have a choice. Because I think doing it any other way is haphazard and results in these kind of train wreck experiences. And I just think that our lives are good enough at this point and are amazing enough at this point that I would hate to make a snap decision that isn't based on values and just go forward with something in the future. It's not, we're not capable of it, I guess is what I'm saying. No, because the truth is, especially now we know it will end badly, badly. It it doesn't end well for you and I, it wasn't good for you and I for a short period of time. We had to figure out a lot of stuff, and it certainly isn't going to be good for the other person or the relationship in general. It's just going to end badly. Well, I think that experience that you're talking about, we're not going to go into too much depth on it, but that was the first time in our entire relationship where we found ourselves truly at odds Yeah. in terms of the way we were thinking about other people and experiences. No, it was definitely something that we, we had to take a real step back and go... We need to evaluate this. Like, there's a reason this that we are so far apart on this. We really need to figure this out. And it took us weeks of literally constant conversation about what it is that's going on. And at the end of the day, it was simple. It really was not complicated. I, we initially were so excited at the possibility that we had evolved to the point that we were capable of doing this, that I was willing we were willing in the beginning, I certainly was willing to overlook what was obviously staring me in the face to make this work and to say that we made it work because it was a failure otherwise. Well, unfortunately, like a lot of things, you've got to fail in order to succeed. You got to take a step back to take a couple of steps forward. And that's what happened. It it had to happen because it was a train wreck and it would have ended so badly. It didn't end like it wasn't explosive at the end, but it certainly wasn't where we wanted it to be. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. And yeah, it wasn't necessarily amicable. <laughs> no. And going forward, had we gone further, it could have been really bad. And it could, so many people would have been affected. And it just wasn't worth it. You yeah. know, we knew better. I knew better. And especially, like you say, when you look at how tentatively I get involved with people in this space only to almost throw caution to the wind and jump into this thing, I almost didn't even recognize myself. Yeah. 
you know, strange stuff. Values yeah. are strange. It is. It's a strange thing because I think what happened in that situation is much like I said, your excitement overcame your logic and your ability to look at value systems in a very critical way. Yeah. And that is something we have learned we cannot do in this space. Now, it's far more important and far more critical when it's a polyamorous relationship versus somebody who we're playing with. But I think overall, the biggest lesson we've learned is that we do have very strong values. I appreciate that so sincerely about us. I think it's part of what makes us special, not only as a couple, but as people in general. And we aren't willing to sacrifice those things. Just because we're non-monogamous doesn't mean we're just going to throw them all out the window. Not only are we not going to throw them out the window, I think they get, you know, we ratchet them up as we go forward. At least for me, every experience that you and I have, whether it's simply meeting a couple or meeting a single person for a drink and getting to know them, or if we actually have the opportunity to play with people we genuinely connect with, I learn something from it. And it really does, it just adds to the toolbox for me of stuff that I'm looking for in other people. And I think that's, for me, I think it's really important. I don't think there's anything wrong with continuing to look for more or want more in these situations. Once again, I I do think there's a line between having fun, having some of these one-offs, having experiences because you generally just want to have one of those experiences like you almost had uh, in the playroom with our friend. But if we're, for me, if I'm really wanting to enjoy this space the, the most that I possibly can, I really feel like I have to demand more. I need more from the experience. And just where I'm at at this point. However, I'm not going to let that deter you. I don't want to get in your way. We've already talked about this. We are going to interact differently going forward, uh, particularly when we go to events or resorts or a club. We are going to enjoy ourselves, however that looks, separately for a period of time and just get comfortable doing that in our own space. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is because although we do have values that align, we also have preferences and interests in the lifestyle that don't always align. And that's not a bad thing. I think one of the major issues I see a lot of times in the lifestyle is that couples assume that they must have the same identity. They must be the same people in the lifestyle. They must navigate absolutely everything in the world of non-monogamy as this constant unit. And I don't think that's realistic, at least not long-term. Maybe it is when you're new. Maybe it is if you're only playing once in a blue moon. But if you're earnestly in this space and you're trying to get the most out of it, I think the idea of being able to separate your values once in a while and to truly be an individual is a positive thing. And it shouldn't be looked at as this horribly negative negative thing. No, for sure. So I obviously we went in a lot of different directions with this conversation, but the entire point of it is not only deciding what your values are, but deciding how you're truly going to implement them in the lifestyle in a way that makes interactions you have with people as positive and as mutually beneficial as possible. It is not easy. As we just went through, there are a lot of different things that we're still currently thinking through. There are a lot of ways that we've kind of changed our minds over time, which is also totally fine. But it is uh, it's not an uncomplicated Uh, discussion. And it's something that as a couple, especially if you are a couple in the lifestyle, you're really going to have to sit and think through for a while, have some really honest conversations about. So if you would like for us to help facilitate those conversations, or if you're just interested in getting into the lifestyle period, we would love to speak to you. We have individual either one-on-one or two-on-two or one-on-two coaching sessions available at sexonyourterms.com. We have free consultative calls and we'd love for you to set one up. We do have limited spacing available for our coaching 
coaching session, so you'll definitely want to head over there for the month of June as quickly as possible. Again, that's sexonyourterms.com. If you have questions about our coaching or about anything that we discussed on the show today or you just want to leave your comments, you can email us directly at sexonyourterms at gmail.com and you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at sexonyourterms. If you have not already left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please consider doing so. It will help others find content like ours. We would very much appreciate that assistance. And that is what we have for you this time. So until next time, we hope you enjoy Sex on Your Terms.